You guys all have a good Thanksgiving? How'd you guys like last weekend, those that were here? That was fun, wasn't it? That was nice. You know, will you guys pray for me real quick, and then I'll pray for you guys, and then we'll get started. Father God, we just thank you again. Uh, I just love that we're a praying church to God. So just thank you, Jesus. I just pray that you'll speak through me tonight. And I pray that this message will land on soft hearts, Lord God. Let those who have ears hear, God. So we just thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Okay. Okay, who knows we've been in a series for the last few weeks? Anybody know what is on? There you go. You guys are paying attention for a change. All right, that's good. Now, I was interrupted last week. It was a good interruption. But uh, before I get started, I kind of want to recap, in case most of you already forgot what we were talking about, right? So the message is from Haggai. The Jews were returning from exile from Babylon. The temple was destroyed, and they started to rebuild it, and then they stopped. So Haggai, the Lord spoke to Haggai and said, go and talk to the people. Tell them to go, build my temple, rebuild my temple, okay? Remember the people were a little bit saddened because it wasn't quite as nice as Solomon's temple. Solomon had everything. It was huge. It had diamonds and emeralds and all kinds of stuff, gold everywhere. Now, this temple wasn't quite as nice. So the workers were a little discouraged, like, hey, man, our project doesn't matter. But the project does matter. So Haggai goes and encourages these people to get started. But the thing that they had done in the interim is they had lost sight of God. So they started working on their own homes. They quit the temple and they started building their own homes. And they were building really, really nice stuff. And then he comes to them and says, what are you guys doing? Your priorities are all out of whack. You're working on your house, making it beautiful, while the temple sits in ruins. So I'm here to encourage you to get going. He's like, okay. And, uh, the scripture says, too, that he got almost an immediate response. Of all the prophets that came through, they started working on it like 20-something days later. They started working again and started to rebuild it. So they're building it again, and time is moving on. That was his first match, is to get your priorities correct. Anybody get their priorities out of whack every once in a while? Happens all the time, right? And it's just like we were singing about. When you take your eyes off God, your priorities are going to suffer. You're going to go after yourself because we're self-centered people by nature, right? We're prone to wander. We do dumb things. When we take our eye off Jesus, dumb things happen. It's a guarantee. But these people were working on this, and the harder they worked, the less productive they were. You guys ever do that? Work and work and work and never gain anything? It seems like the harder you work, the less you have. They had holes in their pockets. Anybody have that? I remember we, we were... Early in our business, we were chasing after the almighty dollar. We had bunches of people working for us, several trucks, and we just chase and chase and chase and chase. The more we worked, the less we had. It was like, wait a minute, the math doesn't add up. You think if you work more, you'd have more. We actually had less because our, we weren't focused on God. We were focused on ourselves. It wasn't supposed to work, come to find out. And we're okay with that because God has changed things. We, our eyes on him. We would have never done this if we'd have been still chasing after that right so we got our priorities together 
started chasing after what God has for us. Now, it hasn't been easy at all. It's a process. Everybody's in the process, right? You're not going to get to the end until the end. So just relax. Life is going to get hard. That's the way it is. God never promised it was going to be easy, okay? But, but those who said yes to Jesus, you have a helper. You have the Holy Spirit with you to help you during those times. And you are never alone, never alone, even when you're by yourself. God is with you. Amen? So it ends. The second message was uh, when I did was called Get to Work. They started building again. And, and part of that message is God is with you whatever you do. He is there. It's a promise. He is there to help you. All that you do, no matter how hard it gets, and it's going to get hard. And it's like Katrina was talking about. Sometimes it's just easier to just not do the right thing. It is. And sometimes, I be honest, I feel like quitting sometimes myself, but I've come too far to turn back. I know too much. But I do get discouraged just like everybody else does. And there are times you're just like, you know, I'm tired. I just need a break or whatever it is. Sometimes I feel like giving up. But I know that's not what God has in mind for me because he's there to remind me, come on, you can do this. Come on, man. We've been through this before. Just pick up your mat and let's go. Stop the pity party. Let's get going again. So no matter how hard it is, God is in total control. God's still in control. Always he's in control. Now, do we understand? Not most of the time why some of the situations happen or things like that. But no, every time God uses those situations for the good, for those who love him, right? So it goes on to say in the, in the second message that your work matters to God. No matter what you're doing for God. If you're serving, that's the whole point, is to serve. God doesn't want you just sitting around doing nothing. He's got a plan for all of us. For all of us to get involved and do something. So no matter what you're doing, whatever ministry you might have, whether it's just whatever, whether it's cleaning or helping elderly with laundry or whatever it is, God sees that and God loves that. It's like, that's my child. That's what we're called to do, is to help others. We can't just receive a free gift and just sit there. What good is that, right? So he's talking about working on the temple. Get to work. We also have to work on our own temples. We have to remember we have to have God first. Get our priorities straight. God's first. And then everything comes down through the chain after that. But we have to keep our eye on God and keep it Him first. So how do we do that? We do that through prayer, through worship, through Bible study, fellowship groups recovery groups, whatever it is, we have to stay connected to the vine all the time. All the time. Because it gets easy to just sneak away when you're not feeling it. Well, when you compromise, what's that old saying? If you let the camel's head in the tent, the whole camel's going to come in. It's true. When you crack that door open and go, well, it'll be okay, let's just do this for a while. Well, next thing you know, you haven't picked the Bible up in a week. You haven't come to church in a week or two, but in your mind, you're kicking it. Oh, I'm there all the time. But if you were to look at your attendance or even what you've read lately, you know that's not true. We trick ourselves sometimes thinking we got this all under control. He's the one that's got it under control. God's got it under control. He's our source. He's our strength. He's our rock that we stand on during these hard times. 
This year, I, I think, has tested a lot of people's faith, for sure. And it's also been an awakening, because uh, you can think, well, I think most of the, th- most of the stuff shut down about uh, around St. Patrick's Day. That was one of the la- that was on a Friday. That was a lot of the last big corporation get-togethers. So it was like you, the, everything that we used to do, the coming, going, and just do what we want is gone. We can't do that now. Restaurants are only staying uh, outdoor seating or whatever it is. Everything's changed. It's a new, it's a new way now. There's a new new. So we have to deal with it the best we can. Not saying it won't go back to what it is, but we have to follow the guidelines and things like that. But we know God is still in control. Even though when you watch the news, which, oh, <laughs> that's all I could say as well. <laughs> yeah, turn it off. You'd be better. I don't mind updates. I try to just get a quick update now. I don't like sitting there. I, I, we work for people that just have it on all day long. And they're always just, they're wound tight because they're watching and we're just like, hey, I turn it off. You won't feel that way. It's easy. Negative, 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 negative. You're going to be negative when you, when you get that kind of input. You know, but when it's positive, then you could be the light. But if you're constantly taking in darkness, what comes in goes out. That's what it is. Garbage in, garbage out. That's why we have to protect ourselves. We have to be mindful of these things. Right? So in the third message that Randy did last week, or the week before, Haggai spoke to him, and it was blessing or cursing. God blesses obedience. So when you're obedient to the call and you're doing what God wants you to do, he blesses you. But he's not going to bless your mess if you don't try. Remember when you said that for Pete's sake, can you just try? Just try to do the right thing. Try to follow Jesus the best that you can. God will bless that. And the funny thing about blessings, and we've said this before, sometimes people are, are, are broken and they come to Jesus and they find Jesus then they're blessed with something really good and sometimes that blessing can be a cursing because they chase after whatever blessing that was and they forgot all about what they had when they were chasing after God. They forgot that feeling. It's like, oh, cool, he fixed my thing, I'm gone. And then we take the reins again. What happens when we do that? We go off the road again. So when we're disobedient, we know it gets us in trouble, right? Anybody been there? That's a fact. When you run off that road and you're disobedient for a while, judgment's coming. And the only solution to disobedience is repentance. It's that simple. Not that you want to abuse the grace that was given to you, but when you are disobedient and you have wandered off, just come back. Repent. God's right here for, with you. He's waiting for you to come back. Like you always hear us say, your chair is right where you left it. God's saying, welcome back. I didn't leave you. You're the one that left. So if anybody's been out there, this is your first time back, it's okay. You're back. You started back again. You got to start somewhere, right? Because I I said this before. Randy and I went through a desert time at the same time, spiritually. Just we worked together, so it was real easy for us to do the wrong thing. Just ride around. And I remember there were days when we were just trying to figure out how to get back to God. How do we do it? So we, yeah, exactly. Start there. Put the beer and the weed down first. Then you'll figure it out. But it took a while. We just kept wondering. It was like, well, what do we have to do where God will accept us back? Nothing. Repent and come through the door. It's that simple. 
It's that simple. We have a loving God that loves us no matter what. If you said yes to Jesus, man, you, you got it. You have got it. So remember, can we at least try? At least try to follow God? You know, and it gets hard. And you know, we don't claim to know it all, but we know someone who does. It's God. So if we can't answer your questions, we have a whole host of people that we know that we look for answers for too when we can't figure out what's going on to help us. We have mentors and things that we talk to too. So if you have a question we can't answer, we'll do some research and we'll get back to you. It's that simple. So the fourth message, Haggai spoke. To this time, it's a promise for Zerubbabel. Now in the beginning, I think in chapter 1, Zerubbabel is only mentioned once. And he is the governor of Judah. So remember, Judah is kind of small, and they're surrounded by the Babylonians and all these other empires. So they're, they're getting grief this whole time building this temple. So you can imagine, he's probably not feeling the greatest because Jerusalem's not the big booming city that it used to be at the time. It's starting to come back. But here he is building a temple that's not nearly as grand as Solomon's. You could just see sometime it'd be discouraging for him. But check this out, the promises for Zerubbabel. This is in Haggai 2, um, verse 20. It says, On that same day, December 18th, the Lord sent the second message to Haggai. Tell Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, that I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth. You know, this thing that we're currently going through now, I would say, is a mini-shaking compared to what's coming. This virus thing has hit us economically. It's hit us emotionally. It's starting to take a toll on people. Heavy tolls, depression, and all the stuff that you're hearing about. It's really starting to, to wear on people. But God's in control again. So we place our faith in God. There's no president. There's no government or anything that's in control. God's in control. We don't look to them for the answers. We look to God and his word. What does his word say? says, I am your source. Things aren't what they once were. I don't know if it'll ever be as good as it once was. And I, I think God's trying to get us to wake up, shake things up a little bit. You know, and sometimes during your walk, you do have to shake things up. Whether maybe you read a different translation, or maybe you change your read time from evening to morning, or maybe lunchtime, or maybe you join a group that you have never been in. You know, you reach out. Maybe, maybe you join something to serve because there's always plenty to do around here. And we also got the bus going. Thank you guys for working on that and getting that thing going. It's just just about there. We're going to be hitting the streets with that. So there's an opportunity there, too. If you haven't done any street ministry and you want to tag along, I'm sure you guys can go if anybody would like to go. But the thing is serving. This whole time, Haggai's talking about serving the Lord and not serving ourselves. Remember they were building their own house and they were kind of just not doing anything with the temple? They were self-serving. So here's God's, listen to this, God says, he says that I am about to shake the heavens and earth. I will overthrow the royal thrones and destroy the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and riders 
The horses will fall and the riders will kill each other. God is the supreme power. He is over everything. He's over nature. He's over rulers of this world. And he also has the power over, over our enemies. So really, we don't have anything to fear except fear itself, right? Because fear is a liar. Fear will tell you that you're no good. You don't need to do that. You can, you can, you can stay home. They won't miss you. All that stuff starts building in your head, and then you're afraid to come back or you're afraid to be around people, or you're afraid to speak up when spoken to sometimes. So we don't have to be fearful. we got a God that loves us, and he wants to help us, and all we have to do is tap into the source. If you said yes to Jesus, you have the superpower. You have that source. All you have to do is activate it. You know, a lot of times it's... If you said yes to Jesus, and you haven't done anything with the gift he's given you, it's like having a million-dollar check in your pocket and you never cashed it. Think about that. You said yes to Jesus, and Jesus says, okay, I forgive you, your sins are forgiven. Now, we got some work to do. Let's work on your temple. Let's work some of these things out. Let's get back in the groove. Let's get around people. Let's get involved. Cash that check. Do it. Just do it. You know, you've heard us say it a a lot of times that God opens doors that he could never open before when you were just in the natural. When you were doing your thing, he wouldn't, he wouldn't provide like he does. He wouldn't bless you like he does. He wouldn't give you opportunities like he does. God's truly amazing if you give him a shot. Amen? You guys still hanging in there? Yeah. All right, I got about four hours left. I'm almost there. <laughs> nah, just kidding. Somebody pass the Snickers out and the coffee's done. Okay, where was I? Oh, and 23. Okay. But when this happens, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant. See, before, he's just been called the governor. Now he's the servant of God. God chose him to do something, and he did it. So now he's finding favor. Check this out. He says, I will make you like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord, for I have chosen you. You guys know what a signet ring is? You ever seen some of the old movies where, uh, like, like, uh, like King's movies and things like that? You know, they show the ring where it's pressed into the wax, like when they seal a document or an important letter. It was for authority. It was saying, this is genuine. This is my seal. So check this out. The Lord says, you are now my servant. I make you a signet on my ring, on my finger. God chose us. That's a praise hallelujah, amen? Come on, man. For I have chosen you. The heavens will shake, evil people will be overthrown, and the Messiah will be exalted. Hallelujah, right? Okay, let's go to, um, let me know it's here, Ephesians 1.4, real quick. Even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. He chose us. Amen? So check out what Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 say. This is more promises. Well, God sent his son. They called him Jesus. 
<laughs> and now, you Gentiles, you have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he has promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. When you say yes to Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit with you. That's what we believe. We don't believe you have to do something crazy to get it. When you said yes, you got it. It's that simple. Amen? So that, that, that should motivate us enough to do something for God as a servant of God, right? Because God chose us. He's made us. He sealed us with the promise of the Holy Spirit. God lives up to his promises. You know, now sometimes it may take a while before they actually come to fruition, but they're coming. Don't give up. Don't give up. Like I said earlier, it'd be easy to give up, but we know too much to turn back now. We keep plugging along. Don't let this time that we're dealing with, this negative that just keeps updating us every single day on the cases and everything like that, the negative that comes from that, don't dwell on that. God is in control. No matter what. No matter what. You guys believe that? You're going to walk in fear? We don't have to walk in fear. God's promised us that things are going to be okay. Because he has chosen us. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I was just like, you know, there's several things that we could learn from Haggai in these in these two little chapters. This book is only two chapters long, but there is a ton of stuff in this thing. A ton. And we kind of just tree-topped it just because uh, you could go on and on and on and on and on. Just in the historical stuff that goes along with this. It, it's amazing. It's truly amazing how much these words talk about the future lineage. Oh, check this out. I skipped over part two. Okay. Zerubbabel the governor of Judah. Uh, remember, he was kind of having a little tough time with all this other stuff that he's going on and not feeling well. Well, come to find out, I did a little research, and his grandfather was a king who was totally disobedient to God. He was not a good king at all. In fact, the scripture says, and I forgot to write it down, that God promised him the signet ring on his finger, but due to his disobedience, he took the ring off. So check this out. So now, Zerubbabel feeling like, man, God, I just, I'm not even worthy of what you're asking me to do. We all felt that way, right? I remember when I first got saved, thinking I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of this gift, God. And I had a hard time understanding. I said yes, but I didn't realize what I said yes to. I just couldn't, why? I kept saying, why? Why would God choose me? Why? Because he loves me. And even the love that he, that he shows for me is still hard to fathom sometimes. Just like, but I trust you, God. But I thought it was cool because Zerubbabel's lineage, he was basically kicked out, right, from his grandfather. What his grandfather did, 
and what his dad did. But now look, now he's found favor with God, just like we can. You know, we all come from different backgrounds. And some of us, I had good parents. I had very good parents. I was a pain in their butt looking back. And I don't even know why. (laughs) Just disobedient, you know, for really no reason. But I know a lot of people come from hurting families. You know, and, 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 and you don't think you're good enough for God. And you don't think that anything that I've been through is worthy. But God is accepting. God loves you. If you don't know God, open your heart to him. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, guys. You guys know that, right? It can end as soon as we walk out that door. So if you haven't been made right with God, find somebody here, talk to them, talk to me, whatever. Because we don't want anybody to not know God before they pass. I was reading this story. <clears throat> see if I can remember it. There was a kid. He was on an airplane, and he was flying to, to his grandfather's house. And he just happened to have the Sunday notes with him in his hand, and he was reading them, and the guy sitting next to him was a seminary uh, professor. And he says, uh, hey, sonny boy, um, can you name one thing God is, God can do? If you can, I'll give you a shiny apple. And the little kid said, hey, mister, if you can name one thing God can't do, I'll give you the whole barrel full of apples. I thought that was cool. It was just like even the little kid knew how good God is. All we got to do is open it and walk with him and trust him. You know, a, a lot of our messages, we say the same thing because scriptures say a lot of the same thing too. It's like, don't give up, press on. You were winning, a, you were running a good race, but what happened? It's life. Sometimes we get not bumped off the road for whatever reason, but get back on the road. If you've been wandering, come back. It's really pretty simple. We make it more difficult than it actually is. So I was thinking, like, these last couple of days have been kind of reflecting on how things were. You know, this time of year can be very emotional for a lot of people, not counting the virus that's going on. Just just this time, the holidays are are rough for a lot of people. Parents have passed or whatever, you know, and things are different now. Some of the, the celebrations that we had, uh, we didn't get to have this year because of because of this virus and things like that. It just reminded me, I, I was just so thankful that, God, you chose me because I don't know where I would be or what I would be doing without him. The world is so dark, and we just get constant input to remind us of everything except God. Do this yourself. Feel better this way. Buy this new car, blah, 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 and on down the line. Suit yourself. Do do everything for you. It doesn't Hardly ever do you see it. Well, you're starting to see more, Bill. I should say that, but the billboards about God, which has been kind of nice. It's nice to see a light every once in a while. It's going, okay, good. That's great. Share the word. You know, you hear us say that a lot too. It's share. This time of year is a dark time for a lot of people. It's a dark and dying world out there, and it's our job to be the light. Amen? No matter how that looks, whether it's a kind word, or maybe you just share a meal with somebody, or maybe just share some time with somebody. It's not that hard, but we are Christ's representatives, and we're supposed to represent. That's it. Show the love of Christ.
sometimes that's actually easier than trying to share the gospel is just show them the love. Because if they're not in that place, they won't receive what you're saying anyway. But if you show them love, it's a little softer. It's a little easier. You know, because even when you present the gospel sometimes, you don't want to get shot down because it's sometimes when you step out of your comfort zone and you share the word and somebody doesn't want to receive it, then you kind of, you feel like you failed sometimes. We don't like to be, uh, what was it, disappointed, I guess. But exactly, as I was getting ready to say, the word does not return void. And some sow, some reap. So just get the word out there, share the good news with people, let God do the rest. God's in control. And we've seen it in a lot of people's lives in this room here now, how God's changed your life. So we know it can be done, including myself. So we really have no excuse to not change, right? He loves us, and he wants us to serve. So check this out. I took a couple notes here. Let me see if I can open this here. On um, some of the lessons on serving God that Haggai just some of the things in here. It's like God requires our service. God wants us to do something. No matter what it is, he wants us to get up and get going. Do something. God calls us to serve even when it's hard. Even when it's hard. Reminds me of those times we used to take the bus down every week when the weather got really bad and you really don't feel like it. Or even when it was 100 degrees and we'd been working outside all day, you're just like, oh, God. We got to do all that and go down there. But you know what? God met us there every time. And it was awesome. Every time. Turned it around. Then we know, like we talked about earlier, disobedience brings God's judgment. We don't want that. The only solution to disobedience is repentance. If you're being disobedient, stop. Repent. Move on. God helps us to serve him. So even when we don't feel like it, or even he opens the opportunities for us to serve. You know, like, like this weekend on some of the TV, you see uh, some of these things popping up and everybody's doing Thanksgiving dinners, which is great to help the community or help the poor. They're doing the drive through um, food boxes and things like that, which is great. A lot of those pantries do something year-round. We used to get trouble from downtown because we would take Thanksgiving off. And we're like, well, how come you guys aren't doing Thanksgiving? You're not very spiritual. It's like, we've been down here 50 other weeks of the year. Where have you guys been? You guys are here once a year, and you're thinking you're doing something. We're here every single week. Come on, man. So even when we don't feel like doing things, God helps us serve him. God encourages us as we serve him. And God gives value to our work. You know what? It's encouraging to me when I see God working in other people's lives. When I, when I see or when I hear that people might have heard something or something good, like they learned something from group or they learned something here and they apply it to their life and you see it changing. Or when, or when you're meeting with somebody and you're, and you're taking counsel and you actually do it. I know advice is hard to take. But sometimes when you take the advice and you do it and good things happen, you're just like, hallelujah, that's all God. Amen? So God gives us value to our work no matter what it is. No matter what it is. 
the lonely guy working at the gas station or whatever, sweeping. You know, how many times have you guys been ministered to out in the public? Anybody? Has anybody given you a high five in Jesus' name? Anything? Mention Jesus anywhere? I've only been witnessed to once since I've been saved. Other than Randy preaching to me all the time. <laughs> I've been saved like 150 times. Right? <laughs> Not in a good way. No. But it's us to spread the word. It's, it's up to us. I mean, the whole world's out on our shoulders, but we can impact our community. That's our job. God has chosen us, so we share. We serve. We do what he asks us to do. We know he's coming back. And I want to be about the Father's business when he does. I don't want to be caught being disobedient or being stupid or anything like that. I want to be ready. I want to be a good servant. Right? I want to hear, well done, faithful servant. Even when no one, God knows. He knows when we're not feeling it. He knows that. But he gives us the strength to carry on. Well, you mentioned that. It's up to us to share the love of Christ everywhere we go. You know, I think, well, it's not funny, but during this virus time, people were putting up Christmas things before Thanksgiving because they're looking for joy. There is no joy. So let's put up Christmas stuff. Maybe that'll help. Well, it does help, obviously. Even the Christmas songs, uh, those can wear on you too when you do 100 days of Christmas songs. But... Listen to those things. Listen to what they're singing about. They're singing about our king, joy to the world. They're singing. A lot of people don't even know what they're singing about. They're singing about the king, the king to come, silent night, all that. It's all about Jesus, man. It's all about Jesus. I find it encouraging the people uh, putting up Christmas gifts now or Christmas lights and things and getting in, trying to get into the festive spirit earlier. Because now, is it, now the, it, it's a little softer to share Jesus with them for those who don't know. So the harvest is huge and the workers are few. We're the workers. So let's go and harvest. Amen. That's about all I got, guys. So we wrapped up Haggai. Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus.